Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Well, welcome, welcome. I know there's a lot of people from out of town. We're so glad that you're visiting Luminous Church this morning. We pray that this would be just a fresh word for you. We're in our series. This will conclude our series of The Big Give. The Big Give has been a three-week series on, on really what it means to give and join God where he is. That's what we challenged you the first week. The first week in our sermon, we said, we want to move you to where God is. In fact, that's what God is doing. That's what God is up to. God, God is not okay with the status quo. He's not okay with you just sitting right where you are. He's always moving us, isn't he? And a lot of us don't like that, do we? A lot of us, it's just not real convenient to be moved, you know, because we have our comfortable chair. We have our comfortable couch. We have our comfortable place, we have our comfortable coffee shop, our comfortable gym, our comfortable whatever it may be, and we have our routine, and God, please, don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. I mean, we say it as Texans, don't mess with Texas, but we're saying that also. Don't mess with me, God, don't mess with me. And this series has been really good for us. We've been doing this series on Sunday mornings, communicating it from here, the pulpit. But we've also been digesting it in our community groups. And so how many of you are in a community group? Will you raise your hand? Shout out. Woo! Come on. If you love it, shout a little louder. Okay. Come on, man. Community groups are a way to do life and, and just interact with one another. And this has been a really hard topic in the community group. And if you lead a community group, it's been hard. And it's been especially challenging for me because I'm talking up here, I'm giving the sermon, and then I'm talking to my community group and said, hey, how was the sermon this week? What'd you think about it? Go ahead and tell me. Honesty hour. It's been real fun, and it's been raw, and God has been messing with our group. He's been messing with our group. You see, there's all sorts of people in our group. There's people who may not know Jesus yet who are exploring Jesus. There's People who just came to faith and found out who Jesus was. And now they're exploring this whole topic of giving and generosity. And what does that look like for me? And how do I apply it for my life? And, and we've heard stories of giving and how people have given cars and they've given other things. And, and it's just encouraging. And I don't know if you sit in this community group, you just you feel just this fire stirring in you. And you just can't wait to give and be a generous person. We we have seen all this in our community groups. It's been really, really fun. Brandy and I, when we first met, we, we had the same philosophy when it came to giving. We had the same philosophy. It's always great when you marry somebody and you have similar philosophies in whatever it is, whether it's dishes or laundry or anything else. The more, more likeness in those areas, the less fighting, the less confrontation, and just the easier life is. So with giving, with tithing, we believe that God would get a, a tenth of everything that we had. And Pastor J. Tom did an amazing, amazing job last week. Can we give a big hand? He did an awesome job just communicating, tithing, communicating God's heart on that. If you missed that, I would encourage you, get online, listen to that sermon, and it's amazing. So Brandy and I, we, 
we had no problem with tithing. It's what we do. I, I started tithing when I was 12 years old. I was reffing soccer, and I would get a check, and I would calculate 10% how, as I was taught, and I would just give it off the top and, and give it right then. And so I never really had a problem with tithing. And the thing about tithing, the thing about it is it becomes a line item in your budget. So I sit down and I do a budget every week and and we set up reoccurring giving, which is just easy for us. We do it for CPS energy, we do it for everything and we also do it for our tithe. And so tithing became a line item for us. It is a line item. It's budgeted. It's in there. We know that we can't borrow from it. We can't take away from it. That's what we owe. That's what we're going to give. That's what we want to do. But this morning, I want to talk about offerings. Offerings. Offering is offering something up to God beyond beyond the tithe, your regular tithe. Offerings. Now, offerings is a sacrificial gift. It's a sacrificial gift that goes above and beyond, and it hurts a little bit. And I've had many campus ministers come up to Brandy and I over the years, and they've shared their heart for the campus. They've shared how people are coming to know Jesus on the campus, and how, how the gospel is going on the campus, and I love college, and I love what God's doing. I, too, was a campus minister once, and I remember what God does on the campus in the life of a college student, and so right there, we would pray about it. We would consider it, and we would sacrificially give an offering to a campus minister, and after a while, after two or three months, we kind of forget that we're giving to them because it, too, has become a line item. And it's taking out of there, and it becomes it becomes habit, and it's different things, and it's not as sacrificial. It doesn't hurt as much. But every time God gives you an opportunity to give, you have to consider and ponder it, whether this is something that God wants you to give to, realizing that it's going to be a sacrifice. Realizing that it's going to be a sacrifice because anytime somebody comes up to you and and needs a gift or God prompts on your heart to be spirit led in your giving, it's not a line item. It's coming out of extra. It's coming out of the surplus of your budget. It's coming out of something different. And and how many of you know we don't like to spend our vacation money on giving? Like, I don't like to spend my vacation money on giving. I don't like to spend other things on giving. My surplus, I want for me. I want for me. I want more indie coffee. And I want, you know, more pizza and more vacations and SeaWorld passes and exploring this new city that I've fallen in love with. I want, I want more and more and more money of my surplus to be spent on me. And it's it's really the case for a lot of us. I'm not going to be so bold to assume that all of us are in that category. In fact, I have friends who actually budget and make a line item for offering. But the problem and the challenge happens is when God says, I want more than that line item. I want more than that line item. I want you to give it to people who need it. I'm putting things on your heart. I want you to do things. Now, I, two weeks ago, I came up here and I said, I love money. What I meant is I love talking about money, but, but what came out of my mouth was I love money. And, and I was presented with something, wait, the love of money is the root of all evil. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Oh, my goodness. 
I need a pastor. I need to go to somebody. I need to confess. This is horrible. I think, I think God has been messing with me so much in this series. It's ridiculous. You see, every time we come up here and we talk and we present something, we have to look in the mirror and we have to look at ourselves and say, Ben, do you really believe that? Ben, do you, do you really live that? Is that something that's a part of your life? And with this topic, I really felt like God was saying, you know what? I think you forgot. I think you love money. <laughs> that's scary. That's scary. And so God has been unwrapping me and peeling me back like an onion and revealing my heart. And I've been in prayer just like you've been in prayer. And I've been having conversation in community groups. And I've been digesting this topic. And, and thank God that I don't have to have it all figured out. And thank God that I'm not perfect. But, but God's been messing with me. He's been messing with me because, you see, God is up to something. He wants Ben to move to a place to exactly where he is. And God's not done with me yet. And God's not done with you yet. And until he's done with you, he'll keep moving you, keep probing you, and keep challenging you. I remember this is so familiar. The big give, a 12-month commitment to this expansion project for Luminous Church, making room for the people that God is bringing into this house, making room for new people. It's, it's not a new thing that I've been a part of. I remember being 17 years old. And as a 17-year-old, I was working at Best Buy. Yes, I was the media guy. Caesar, you got me? Okay. Caesar worked at Best Buy, too. And I worked at Best Buy, and I worked hard, and I, I had this money, and I remember I was a part of a church called Mid-Cities, and they were in a building campaign, and they had cool videos. Like, all we have is a picture. It's awesome. And, but, but they had videos and interactions and fly-throughs and just cool things, and you're like, man, that is so awesome. I love it. And, and we, all, we all took back a commitment card, and we were all asked to pray about what we were going to do and what, what our commitment was going to be. As a 17-year-old working at Best Buy, I, I knew I had money. I knew I had a little job. I knew that God was making a way. And as I prayed about it, God was saying, give $50. I go, yes, I'll give $50. He said, wait, Ben, I'm not done. Give $50 a month for the next 12 months. Oh, my goodness, are you serious, Jesus? But honestly, at the time, man, I was full of faith. You should have seen me as a 17-year-old man. I was going to preach fire, hell, and brimstone. You better get saved. You better get your life right. It's time to come to the altar, start changing. Man, I was full of faith. And I said, yes, Lord, I'll do that. Man, it was something that I just started to do and started to give as a 17-year-old. And God just started doing this. He started doing this, and how quickly we forget the times that God has moved us. We all, we all do, but, but you see, God, God wants to move us, but he's also, he's also after the right motive, the right heart. You see, God, he loves a pure giver. He loves somebody who gives with purity. In Luke 21, 1 through 4, we'll be in Luke 21. We'll also be in 2 Chronicles 15 and 16 here in a moment. Luke 21 one through four, you may remember this story. There's only four verses. It's a lot we can assume from this. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. 
And he saw a poor widow putting in two small copper coins. And he said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. All she had to live on. This widow gave two copper coins. It was a mite. Two two mites that she gave, it was equivalent to a penny today. Can you imagine that? I mean, I mean, just what this widow went through to even take up her penny. That's kind of intimidating. intimidating. The intimidation factor is this. When somebody's dropping in thousands and you show up with a penny. There's so much intimidation. There's so much fear there. But this woman just had faith. She had faith. She believed that God was going to come through. To everyone else, it was nothing. But to her, it was everything. To everyone else, this was nothing. It was a, it was a nothing gift. That really, that's all you're giving. But to her, it was everything that she had. And Jesus starts describing this woman. This woman, what she's doing is honorable. It's worthy to be praised. What she was doing was faith. Can you imagine giving all to God? Everything you have to God? After all, God wants our all. He wants our all. He wants all of you. It's what we've been preaching at Luminous Church. It's what we talk about in our community groups is God wants your all. Do you know he wants all your thought life? All your thought life. Like not one idle moment for your selfishness. God wants all your thought life. He wants all your internet access. Like he wants all of it. He wants all your TV time. He wants all of it. He wants all of your checkbook. He wants all of you. He's after all of you. God paid a big price for all of you. And he's looking for a people who will give big wherever they go. When it comes to giving God, when it comes to giving to God, he sees more than the portion. He sees the proportion. He sees what you're giving and how that looks. Winston Churchill knew this very well. He said this, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. What kind of life are we making here at Luminous Church? What kind of life? Are you living out? What kind of life are you making? And at any moment, we can forget what God has done. What God has done. James describes it as this in James 1, 22. It says that um, it's like a man who looks in the mirror, and when he walks away, he forgets what he looks like. Mirrors weren't real abundant then, but now we have selfie sticks. It's like we don't forget any way we look. I know every angle on my face. I even know what the back of my head looks like. It's crazy. Like we are self-consumed with our image and what we look like. But what we often forget is what we look like in our heart. It's much harder to see. And when we examine it, we walk away. 
so quickly forget. There's a man in the Bible I want to bring up to illustrate this point. King Asa was the king of Judah, an amazing man of God in 2 Chronicles 15. Man, he loved God. He was after God's own heart. He, he loved him so much. And for 36 years, King Asa, he, he lived in favor in the sight of God. And God gave him victory after victory. When a million men came up against his kingdom, he defeated him, defeated them, and God gave him the victory. In 2 Chronicles 15, 12, it says this. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, with all their heart and with all their soul. To give our all, we must be determined. We must be a determined people. You see, King Asa, they, they sought the Lord. They sought the God of their fathers. They sought the God of our fathers. They sought the God of us with all their heart and with all their soul. Isn't that so familiar? With all your heart, with all your soul, love God. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7, when it talks about giving, it talks about being determined. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart. Each one must do as he has determined in his heart. Each must do as he's decided in his heart. Each must do as Asa decided to follow God and to make a covenant and determine that this is where we're going to go. But Asa, after 36 years, you think you could forget God after 36 years? Really? Like, I mean, 36 years of seeking God, of seeking his face, of knowing God, of loving God. Asa has one of those moments, one of those flesh moments, one of those moments where he just wanted to do what he wanted to do. In 2 Chronicles 16, 7 through 9, it says this in the message. Just after that, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, the king of Judah, and said, Because you went for help to the king of Aram and didn't ask God to, for help, you've lost a victory over the army of the king of Aram. Didn't the Ethiopians and Libyans come against you with superior forces, completely outclassing you with their chariots and cavalry? But you asked God for help, and he gave you the victory. God is always on the alert, constantly on the lookout for people who are totally committed to him. You were foolish to go for human help when you could have had God's help. Now you're in trouble. One round of war after another. Now you're in trouble. Man, determined and then sought his own agenda. Determined, resolute. And then sought his own way. We have done this oftentimes. I have done this oftentimes. In fact, I'll probably do it tomorrow. I'll probably do it after church, honestly. When I'm real tired and I'm grumpy and I have a meeting with Pastor David, I'll probably sharp and mean to him. And then I'll have to repent. You see, you see we often forget, but, but God is looking for people who are committed to him, who are fully devoted to him. And our dependence doesn't come from ourselves. 
You see, King Asa, after you find years of success, after you climb the career ladder, after you ace all your tests and all your grades in high school, and then you get a 4.0 in college, all of a sudden you think you arrived. You made it. You're the man. You're the woman. You can do anything. Have you ever thought that? You see, when favor and things are going well, then the focus and the magnifying glass gets on us, and it begins to magnify us. And if we don't pause and don't remember and don't seek God, then it becomes about us. Psalm 121, where does our help come from? I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Why is offerings so important? Why are offerings so important? Because what offerings do is they help us pause. And remember where our help comes from. When you pause and you take an offering, you remember exactly who your provider is. It's why our tithe and offering moment is during our worship experience. Because as you remember and as you worship God, you pause and say, God, thank you. This is yours. There's all sorts of different offerings. Some of those were law. In fact, in the Old Testament, there was a lot of law on the offerings, and they needed it because they didn't have the Holy Spirit, and they were missing God a lot. You see, they couldn't hear the voice of the Lord from themselves, and, and because they didn't trust God, they, God began to give them a law. And there was all sorts of offerings. There were burn offerings and sin offerings. There were peace offerings and drink offerings. Praise God for drink offerings, right? Meat offerings, thank offerings. Man, there's tons of offerings. There's the first fruits offering. There's an offering that J. Tom talked about. The tithe is an offering. There's a gift offering. There's an offering for jealousy. There's so many offerings so many times that we as a people pause and stop. And oftentimes, offerings can feel like taxes. They can feel like taxes. Feel like, oh, man, you owe that. You're just waiting for Pastor Ben, a.k.a. AKA IRS, to come knock on your door. You're just waiting for this. And, and it feels like taxation without representation, honestly, because, because I'm going to give this offering, and I don't have a voice on what we're going to sing today. I don't have a voice on, on what church plant we're going to support. I, I don't want my vote doesn't count. And it feels like taxation without representation. But truly, offerings are not taxes. In fact, we're liberated because Jesus did away with many of the offerings because he offered himself, bringing a new covenant. And the offerings that remain are some principles that are true, that we bring up and we encourage you in, and yet still remains is a free will offering. Yet remains is a free will offering. 
In Exodus 35, 29, all the men and women, the people of Israel, whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a free will offering. Free will, implying generosity, implying something that you get to choose to participate in or not. There's not a luminous invoice coming to your house this week. Don't fear. You get to choose. You, there's free will offerings that God has instituted offerings. It's, it's timeless, just like the tithe. Just like the tithe is timeless, and it's a truth. Offerings that come from our spirit, spirit-led giving, as what we call it, are a choice. And as you come into Luminous Church every day, during every Sunday, during a worship experience, you get to decide if you're going to raise your hands in worship. You get to decide if you want to participate in our liturgical corporate songs and worship experience, you get to choose. It's your will, and it is free. Psalm 119, 108 says, Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. So we see an offering of praise. Psalm 54, 6, write a free will offering. With a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. It is your free will offering. A lot of people showed up this morning to set up church, an offering to God, saying, God, I'm freely giving to you. I'm freely showing up. No one's paying me. There aren't $10,000 paychecks up here, Pastor David. This is all free will offerings to God because we love him. And we're desperately falling in love with him. And we love a people who are far away from him. Who said, you belong in this place. Even before you believe. A free will offering. And God loves it. But what we do, as the Spirit prompts us. As the Spirit prompts you in worship. And as you're about to raise your hand. Start negotiating. Any negotiators in here? Start negotiating with God. Well, well, God, I drink a lot of coffee and my, my arms are a little sweaty. You know, maybe I like that girl next to me, so I don't want to raise my hand, you know. So I'll do, the, I'll do the side hand raise. Yes, Jesus, right there. You, you want to sing out, but, but you start negotiating with God. But, but God, you didn't make me with, with a voice like Victoria or a voice like Chantal or Julia. You didn't, you didn't give me that voice. I, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just talk. I'll just mouth it. Start negotiating with God. God's saying, give monetarily. Oh, God, whew, that's a big number. I don't, I don't want to give that number. Maybe a little bit number, and then if I win the lottery this year, I'll give a little bit more. You start negotiating with your time. Oh, God, I, I worked 40 hours this week. I mean, whew, it's really tough. 40 hours I worked. I clocked in, clocked out, had my one-hour lunch break, and I won't be sarcastic. Those who work 40 hours are amazing. I'm just bitter. Exposing my heart. 
And we start negotiating all of our resources. See, we exist to release our resources, our, our time and our talent and our treasure. That's, that's why Luminous is here. I would replace release with offering. We exist to offer our resources, to offer our time, our talent, and our treasure so that, so that God gets glory and so that people are reached on the campus and the community and the world. And you have done amazing at this. But we don't want to reach them with luminous. We don't, we don't want, our agenda is not more luminous. Our agenda is not more church. Our agenda is more Jesus. And it's always been more Jesus. It'll always be more Jesus. And we want people to see Jesus so clearly that they'll never look back. Because when you see him, like I've seen him, your life will be sold out to the day you're with him. That's why we exist. That's, that's what we're doing. And, and we just need to quit negotiating. I don't think the widow negotiated. Okay, God, I have two mites. Um, I'll just give one. Right? I don't think she did that. In fact, I, did, I know she didn't do that. Because Jesus applauded her. Jesus doesn't applaud a people who are constantly negotiating terms with his heavenly father. Jesus applauds those who are obedient, obedience more than sacrifice. I love an obedient people, people who hear my voice and follow him more than I do any kind of sacrifice. You can give your thousands, you can give your tens of thousands, you can give your hundreds of thousands, but I want obedience. And what I speak, I want you to do because I'm moving you. I'm moving you to exactly where I am. God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, that we would determine in our heart, that we would decide in our heart. Each one must give as he decided in his heart, not reluctantly, not negotiating, just give, and not under compulsion. So when you hear a message that stirs your heart, it's not manipulation. You've actually taken your commitment card. And you're offering to God and to your family, and you prayed about it, and you heard, and you know, I don't care what that pastor says. This is what I'm doing. This is what God is doing. That's what we're believing for. For God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And as the worship team comes up this morning, I'm so thankful that God loves a cheerful giver. And it's my prayer at Luminous is that we would be a church that acts more like a conduit, that would be more like a river than a lake. You see, that's how God designed it. As blessings flow in you, they then flow out. As, as blessing comes in, it then moves out so that the kingdom of God would be advanced. But you see, a lake is one where the blessing comes in and you just kind of take it. You see, at Luminous Church, we, we could have kept the $25,000 that we gave away to church plants. 
We could have kept the $25,000 that we, that we gave out for outreaches and so many other things. We could have kept that, and we could, have, we could have done more with it, and we could have built a whole lake, and we could have said, hey, come, come float on my lake. It's awesome. You should come over here. The problem with lakes, they don't move very much. And lakes that stay stagnant for a while start to stink, start to smell. No, we want to be a church. We've longed to be a church, to be a river, to be a river that blessings would go out. We model as a church what we desire for our people. We give out and we bless and we bless and we bless. Now, I don't think God is calling you to give your mortgage away. I think he wants you to pay your light bill. I don't know. I just think he does. I think there's a stewardship principle that God so desires. You see, if you're a people who act like a river, there's different things that happen. One, needs get met. Needs get met. The need for an extra classroom, the need to upgrade some old equipment, the need to upgrade some things at Luminous Church, there's a practical need that you're meeting by being a blessing and flowing out. Thanksgiving to God, as you are a blessing, God gets thanks. Man, there's a lot of you who are going to open up homes this next week for Thanksgiving. You're going to be a blessing. And God receives thanks. God also, as you give, gets glory. He gets glory. If you would, pull out this commitment card with me. And if you didn't get one, you can just slip up your hand and an usher will bring you one and bring you a pen. And I want everybody to pull one of these out because you see there's a spot for you on this. You know, when I really believe that we are a church that belongs, before you believe, we, we make cards like this so that everybody can participate. Because you see, this journey is not solo, and this journey is not for the rich, and this journey is not for the poor. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. So on this card, you can put your name, your email, your phone, and your address. We would so appreciate that. In the first box, it says, we or I are not currently tithing. And so if you are tithing, don't check that box. But if you're making a commitment, I think there's a hand right down here, Melissa. If you're making a commitment, if you're doing that for the first time, then you're saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this for 12 months. You know, Pastor J. Tom's message was pretty good and stirred up some faith. I'm going to try it. I'm going to test God. Malachi 3, test me in this. Test me. I'm going to test him. It's like the one thing we get to test him on, you know. So for those who have a little pride, he's going to test you. The other boxes, if you're giving, you can give monthly, a one-time gift, or just a total gift. You can just mark a box right there. Some of you may be believing God for some increase and believing God, and he's given you a number and Maybe you don't have that number right now, but you're believing God will give you that number. You can just mark that. 
any other kind of gifts, you can mark that as well. And then this other box, I or we want to commit to pray for the big gift and our participation, my participation. We're going to give you some practical steps how you can pray specifically for the big give this next year. And we'll keep you updated. As kids respond to Jesus in our classrooms, we're going to tell you about it. As the good news happens and stories happen, you're going to know about it. As the worship team adds to their team, you're going to hear about it. We're going to update you. And then this last one, this last one. The biggest gift that we are a recipient of is John 3.16. For God so loved you and me. For God so loved Gabe and Ali and Stephen. For God so loved you that he gave. He gave Jesus. The greatest news in the whole world will not be CNN tomorrow. The greatest news is Jesus and how he can change and transform and renew your life. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, his only son. He gave it at all. And just like a widow gave two mites and gave her all, God said, this is my only son, and I'm giving him. He's all I got. And I'm giving him to you. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life that starts today, abundant life. God loves you. So this next one is what I'm calling a good news offering. A good news offering. That you, over the next 12 months, would offer this good news, this great news, to someone. That you would actually offer it to them. And you would tell them about this crazy Jesus who saved you, who loves you, who gives you hope and life. So you write down their names, three names that you're believing God for. I'll tell you mine. Maybe they'll come. Bruce, David, Richard. They all live on Treewell. And they're amazing. I'm believing, and I'm offering the good news to them. For it's why I came to San Antonio, that they could hear about Jesus. If you would, fill out your commitment, and as the worship team comes up, the worship team comes up, we're going to uh, sing a song, and we're going to stand. If you would, stand with me. And what we're going to do is, there's a box for you. There's a place for you. And so we're going to dismiss you by row to come and drop your offering into these boxes. For some of you, it'll look like the widow. For others of you, it may look different. But we want you to drop it in there in faith. In faith. That the box that you checked, 
I'm going to commit to. I'm going to sell out to. So as they do that, as they dismiss you, you'll just walk around through here. You'll follow Melissa. You can drop it in one of these boxes, and then you can go back to your seat and stand and continue to worship with the team. That would be amazing. Let's pray for these gifts this morning. Father, we love you. God, as we have prayed for three weeks, maybe those who heard it for the first time today need to take this home and really consider what they're doing. But Jesus, we thank you for Luminous Church. We thank you that the gospel has been evident and prevalent in these walls and out of these walls. And Jesus, as we're believing, you to expand our territory. Jesus, I pray that you would bless everyone in here just for obedience. We love you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org.